the Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello and welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. Today I'm got a guest who's a very good friend of mine, Buster, who is the recently crowned Mr. Leather UK. I believe the term is sashayed. <laughs> I'm the recently sashayed Mr. Leather UK. <laughs> I have been besashed. Well, yes. So he's on today to talk about his recently besashed um, <laughs> intentions and his platform for the title. And so, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, your history in the kink scene, what you're into? Yeah, sure. So, I first got involved in the kink scene, I think I was about 22, um, and I, t- I just initially got involved because I was just really bored <laughs> of, like, vanilla. I was working for a big club that must remain nameless, mm-hmm. um... We'll just call it Paradise in central London. <laughs> um, and so I was working in Nirvana mm-hmm. and going out every night four times a week and just realised how uh, it was like this, this massive power relationship was going on and nobody was talking about it mm-hmm. and nobody was being honest about it. And the whole thing just started to feel really, really... Uh, just the word unclean has strong connotations, but it just mm-hmm. felt so yeah. wrong. Yeah. And um, I got to know a couple of kinky guys, and I think uh, I got involved with Club Collard when it was first opening. And Collard being a very BDSM nature club, I really got into kind of like some of the more interesting parts of the BDSM scene kind of hang out with a lot of the, the more experienced masters from SM Gaze, and that was that was way, well, yeah, about 10 years ago or so. Um, and then slowly I've just kind of come on from there to the point where this, I came into the pup community a couple of years ago. Um, most people will know me, I think, from the pup community more than anything else, Buster being my yeah. old pup name. Um, but it's very much now kind of how people see me. Um, the Yeah, and, and in the last couple of years, I've kind of been really involved in a lot of pop stuff um, and a lot of kind of presenting myself as a handler and like one of the kind of like a... Yeah. What, what, what pop play really is... Ooh, that's going to I can't help but say a controversial statement. No, um, just like having having kind of like a really clear image in my head about what pop play means to me mm. and actually going out there and presenting that and um, having a lot of fun with that. Um, and it's it's certainly been like to, to be involved in like a sex positive community like this is, I find it really, really... Um, liberating. I've been a gay rights activist mm-hmm. for years and years and years, um, and yeah, to to be involved in something like the pop community where everything is just so free and open, yeah, yeah. and people are really really giving of themselves. 
um, I find I find to be quite liberating. And now I'm kind of obviously very involved in the leather community and the pup community yeah. and just kind of travelling and seeing much more of the wider kink community as a singular entity rather than these kind of like microcosms of pup and le- rubber and leather and so on and so forth. I see the same faces in all of those different scenes. because yeah. the community, as I see it, in London at least, because it, it varies from place to place, but in London and Manchester and places like that, it's very siloed mm-hmm. in a ways. You've got the old bluff guys... Um, you've got the pups who tend to be a younger set. Mm-hmm. You've got the rubber men off over here, mm-hmm. and there's almost no crossover with the heterosexual leather community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that actually it's it's got the illusion of being siloed. Mm-hmm. But I went to MRM ten last last weekend, and I see a lot of the faces there that I usually see in leather, and yeah. these guys are out in rubber, and I'm out in rubber, and just like having a great time, and 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 I think that there's a lot more overlap, but people do have in their heads kind of like this siloed structure, and, and I'm a very different person in rubber, which is all about hedonistic, my own pleasure, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and getting a bit messy than... In leather, yeah. where it's a bit more, I'm a bit more responsible as a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a real grown up. <laughs> so you went directly for the role with the most responsibility you could find. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, I think I think kind of coming in as Mister Leather was, uh, like as I said, I've been a gay rights activist for years and years. Yeah. I've sat on kind of boards, and I've been chairman of kind of a, like, a large third sector charity organisation within the gay community and I kind of naturally gravitate to places where someone like me can have a big impact on the world. Not for yeah. my benefit, but for other people's yeah. benefit. And, um, yeah, I've done to, I've been involved in some amazing campaigns in the past and I think there's a lot of issues right now that we really need to be talking about. And and somebody like me with a big mouth's a, a really good yeah. way of getting those yeah, publicised. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there is a lot of stuff going on right now, especially sort of in the digital space. Mm-hmm. Like, at time of recording, it's been confirmed the UK will now have porn filters. Yes. And that's already started bringing up stuff about, um, will these catch LGBT stuff? And just, you know, you should have the right to access porn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the big sinister thing about the porn filters is the sort of personal information you have to give to be attached to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of very invasive, very intrusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the big problems, just on that note, is uh, for me, it's not so much the personal information, but rather that we have a kind of monopoly, the company that owns Pornhub, which is universally understood within the porn kind of the, 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 or the adult industry to be destroying everything yeah. that has ever been built up. Any creativity is being smushed by Pornhub. And, and the UK government have just handed them the keys to, to access, well, not to access porn, because there's plenty of porn still available. Yeah. It's just the big porn sites. So essentially you have um, a monopoly uh, gatekeeper for every other provider, every other business in in the UK and uh, or, and and overseas, like essentially, yeah, and and that sets a very 
Like, if that was any other industry apart from something that all of Parliament just wants to gloss over, yeah. despite the Palace of Westminster having some very interesting search. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but don't try and access porn on your work network, even for, and you'll hear the apostrophes, yes, yeah. listeners, research purposes. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, but, it, was, it was very interesting how quickly pop. I mean, I'm not complaining, but how quickly poppers got excluded from the uh, restricted substances laws um, that were enacted. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I think that... I still think we have a major problem with the kind of that, that, that restricted substances law. In, in essence, it's become impossible for a child who's having multiple epileptic fits to be given yeah. medicinal cannabis because yeah. we've got it into our head that drugs are bad, period. And and actually the, the this kind of sweeping law has almost tied almost tied the home secretary's hands in that case. Yeah. I, I think that that was a very interesting kind of like the chickens are really coming home to roost. This is what it means. When you put in place these broad laws, it captures everyone. And even when you want to make a genuine exception, you can't legally make that exception. Yeah. Even when judges want to act according to the best interests of the cases, they're not permitted to do so by the law. And I would think that's a very, very dangerous place to be in as a society. Yeah. Um, with the porn laws, certainly, I, I, I feel like that there's always this talk about well, anyone can circumvent them. You can just go on Twitter and get porn for now. Um, and I'm sure, like, it will <laughs> it'll be great for teaching people how to use VPNs. Well, and this the, is the thing. Which you should be using by default, in my opinion. Well, uh, so, 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 so the, the, the government position right now is that they know that it will be easily circumvented. Yeah. However, it makes it much more difficult for children to accidentally stumble upon yeah. this stuff. But when I think back to my childhood, um, I like it was we went out looking for it from like age twelve. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and there were all sorts of over eighteens checks on various websites then. And the second it started to ask for that, we just like we went past the kind of the free trial and went on to the next website. Yeah, it's. I remember when we was at school, um, we obviously had one the content filters on it. Mm-hmm. It was very quickly discovered you could circumvent it by getting the IP address of a website and just putting in the IP address instead <laughs> yeah. of the web address. Yeah. And, like, kids pick up this stuff so fast, it's yes. not going to... And, and, and I, I think, well, obviously we're in a kind of very strange position if suddenly mm. we're talking about... Um, yeah, sex and sex, sex and sexuality have to be hidden from children. And I think one of the, I mean, this is something that's come up in the, uh, the whole issue with the Birmingham schools yeah, and yeah. Uh, the BBC posing the question whether it's morally right for us to, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I can't remember the exact wording of the question. All I remember is my existence is now whether or not it's morally right. Yeah. Um, but we've got. Um, we've got these kind of questions being posed as a, um, as a society, and, and it's really, as a gay rights activist, coming from that kind of background, it certainly makes, stops and makes me think, like, oh, wait, like, all of this stuff we fought so hard for, it cannot be taken for granted. Um, and for, for a number of years, I was, I was of the opinion we kind of went too fast 
too soon in some regards in the sheer amount of kind of pushback um, and the fact that we had a wonderful piece of legislation, um, the goods and services regulations, um, which meant that uh, business couldn't refuse to serve you because you're LGBT, there's no gender yeah. discrimination in business, meant that actually no, we can't have a majority gay and lesbian door policy anymore. Like, that's yeah. not something you can actively discriminate on. So actually we start to lose some of our safe spaces. And certainly whenever I go to Canal Street these days, seem to have really, really suffered for that. Yeah. Um, and actually we're almost like bringing homophobia into our safe spaces through that. So I, I think that a lot of this stuff, like, one way or the other, that, that there's always a temptation to bring in the ultimate law that will fix the problem, but actually the law isn't the answer. No, a lot, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with more so changing social attitudes, which is a lot mm. harder and can be a lot more dug in. And yeah, and with, 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 with the kind of default position of hide sexuality, it's just kind of, it shows for me that actually our country's uh, social attitude towards sex hasn't changed as much as no, we And no. we as, as gay men have got our... Um, w- we've had our acceptance based on an image of the nuclear gay family, two gorgeous men adopting this beautiful, bouncing, yeah. small child and they're such this happy family. And actually, it's, it, I remember being kinky involved in when we were helping draft the uh, the guidance behind the Equality Act, that are actually being told to pipe down. You're making this a lot more difficult. We have to present this united, shining face. And actually yeah. what that meant was all kinds of um, gender and sexual minorities that don't fit in that cis, white, yeah. male, uh, gay beautiful categories suddenly got got lost in that. Yeah, I mean, it's coming home to roost lately with um, trans people. Trans people have always been the people that lose out Mm -hmm. when LGBT rights progress. It's like, in America, with the Gay Marriage Act, Mm -hmm. to make sure it passed, they essentially put in a little clause that said this does not apply to trans people. Yes. And it's sort of... You know, mm. and that really is showing just how much behind trans people are um, compared to like gay men and gay women. Mm. And well, this is something that, that, that when I first started getting involved in, I remember I was, it was, uh, it was about 2007, and I sat on the London LGBT Youth Council and uh, vice chair of that, vice president of the London LGBT Youth Council. Mm. It's a short-lived initiative. But I, I kind of come to the conclusion, right, we're done. Right, yeah. gay men, we're, we're, we're done. Yeah, We've got yeah. all the legislation in place. The, 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 uh, and, very, and, and some uh, absolutely beautiful person uh, who's, a, who's a trans guy on that group pulled me up on it and I, like, I didn't know shit about mm. trans issues yeah. then. And, and just like absolutely tore me to shreds and I sat down with him and I started to learn just like initially mm. over coffees and just like to really find out and learn about just like how much uh, 
trans women especially. Yeah. I, I, I try not to talk massively to trans women because as a cis white guy, like, I try my best to use my privilege to help, mm. but frequently that's not appreciated and it's not particularly useful. Like, yeah. So I, I tend to talk a lot about trans guys um, as, like, I've got a close relationship with a number of trans guys um, and, and kind of doing everything that I can to support and to empower them to have their voices. Um, and, and yeah, I'm still, like, back 2007, it, we were 20 years behind, and now we're 15 years behind yeah. with, with the trans issues, but it's still, like, when you look across the pond and see they're shouting about toilets, like, yeah, yeah, what, like wait a second, this is the country that segregated bathrooms until the 1950s and 60s. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... toilets have been the... the fighting ground of US civil rights forever and it's 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 just it's a dangerous kind of set of discourse to be engaged in yeah I mean it's been very interesting seeing the difference between how um, transphobia is manifested over there Mm -hmm. compared to over here because over there it's a lot more the traditional sort of um, Republicans, mm-hmm. Christian values sort of set. Mm-hmm. Over here, it's very much more white, middle-class, hand-wringing feminist sort of spaces. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a lot about articles where, in the UK, fe- the feminist sort of, I don't know what you'd call it, collective, mainstream, the bulk of it hasn't really diversified. They don't have the same sort of intersectional feminism that's being pushed in the US. Mm-hmm. So it's very much the academic, white, older woman pushing it. With Jermaine Greer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they um, tend to be very sort of, well, inherently transphobic because mm-hmm. they believe trans people, by dint of having male body parts, are yeah. inherently threatening to women. But then they intrinsically <laughs> refuse to discuss trans men, apart yeah, from yeah. as shills to the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. Because um, most I, of it reduces down to some very misogynistic ideas about gender. So, so with... Whenever I'm faced with an opinion that seems ridiculous... Which, yeah. this this is where, like, I really, I, I struggle to engage, and I, and I call them TERFs, I know they don't like yeah, being called yeah. TERFs, but, but they are they are specifically trans-exclusionary, yeah. um, and, and I've, I've had to block a huge number of them after the, 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 mm. the chaos of London Pride last year, and for holding London Pride to account, I've had yeah. these, these people hounding me on Twitter, and I just block them, mm. um... But but I always try I try and understand what is it that I'm missing here? What's the root cause of what is this yeah. argument actually about? If we remove the, the, the what it's ostensibly about and, and and start looking down like what is actually going on here? And I always look for something that could convince me mm. because it's convinced them and I have yeah. to assume for the best in them that they are a human being therefore they have motives and and I think there's a kind of lost art of political grace which I I have lacked for a number of years which I'm desperately trying to get back which is to look for almost look for the good side 
of of what it is that uh, that is is being argued, and I have utterly failed to find it. So honestly, I don't particularly like to talk about it that much. No, it's... because it seems like okay. At best, I can mis- misrepresent their arguments. At worst, I can call them out for being fuck stupid. Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, fine. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I have no I mean, advertisers to displease. I can... Marvellous. Right. Cut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I find there are people who... And I've had conversations with people who just take their talking points at face value about, mm-hmm. like, forcing little kids to transition too early when, you know, and that... There is a genuine medical concern. This is what I put on my head. Me- medical healthcare yeah, professional yeah. hat. Uh, there is a genuine medical concern at the moment among some prominent uh, psychologists and psychiatrists about the um, essentially at roots. My understanding of it is it roots from a recognition of the fluidity of gender. Yeah. And then when you start to in a kind of like early hormonal state, that actually that gender. Um, that gender fluidity is is much much more present, and actually, if you start to force somebody into a spe- in their yeah. words, force somebody into a specific uh, kind of path, then you risk endangering them. That said, there's no reason not to go to take the the kind of standard route, which is hormone blockers, and yeah, wait and see, which is puberty. If it's blocked, yeah. will stop, but as soon as you go off the blockers, it returns as normal yes. and carries on in a normal way. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, this is the thing. Most of these things, they exaggerate and they're not mm-hmm. real. But a lot of people on the street who just hear them casually don't mm-hmm. pick up on that and just pick up on, oh, well, women are feeling threatened mm-hmm. by people going into their spaces. Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that trans women are women and they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, you kind of have to show just how unreasonable it is underneath the surface. Yeah, this is... It's, it's said, concern trolling. That is what it is. Yeah, it's... it's um, As I said, it's it's something that as... As, as cis guys... Hmm. Um, I, I, I've always tried... I, I really don't want to be the one... Or the, the yet another cis guy telling people how, like, telling women how to live their lives or what to believe. Like, because it just reinforces that negative opinion and to Mm. go, like, actually, we want the best in this situation. But if necessary, like, I've been called, uh, called out as being violent, um, because in essence, I've, I've said, like, Look, if like if turfs are going to invade Pride again, we have we have to do something about it. We have to protect trans yeah, people. Yeah. We cannot allow this state of affairs to continue. We cannot allow for that to, for for people for a, a red essentially somebody that's been recognised as a as a hate group yeah. to lead Pride. Yeah, and and and, and I, I I've always been behind the Pride is a protest kind of model, yeah. but in essence, like when push comes to shove, I need to stand up for. My yeah. trans friends, and and if like using the fact that I'm a fairly chunky guy, is is an appropriate way of just going stop. This yeah. goes no further, and putting up a hand and just stopping the parade. I will do that, but there's always that I've been abused. Then 
uh, and hounded online, and it, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like this: this, well, who's being the violent one? Yeah, I yeah. just said this stops here. Yeah. And, and 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 as I said, it's always this: this people will almost hear whatever they want to hear in order oh, yeah. to convince themselves that they are right and the other people are wrong. I mean, this is what happens on Twitter is because it is... Uh, <laughs> yes. No, because you can only talk in small chunks, people mm-hmm. project a whole lot of traits onto you. Yeah, it's, I think that's fundamentally a human... Uh, uh, I, I think... I, I worry that I'm becoming more small-c conservative as I get older. In like, I genuinely feel like the lack of face-to-face contact... Leads to a loss of that, what we call, what I, well, in fact, it's, uh, yeah. term, the term political grace is stolen from a podcast called, uh, No Dumb Questions. Um, and it's Ooh. Matt Whitman, who is, uh, a Christian pastor, um, you know, Protestant, kind of, uh, Midwest American church. Yeah. Everyone who I would expect to find distasteful. Yeah. Uh, and actually, he, he has this phrase called political grace and actually giving people the, the benefit of the doubt that you, if you don't understand something, you don't understand it. Yeah. Um, no, no, that, that yeah. is so true because <laughs> I do find if you come into um, a conversation expecting to be competitive and are on like a mm. defensive model, that is what happens. And but that's what, what Twitter's yeah. set up to yeah. do. You have... You, you speak for your 280 characters mm. and then somebody else can speak for their 280 characters and then you can speak for your... Th- and yeah. actually, it doesn't lend itself to a, a, a um, collaborative discourse. Mm. I don't want to get too... I feel like I'm betraying my working class roots talking about a collaborative discourse. But, uh, but yeah, like, we need... Yeah. I, I do feel like we need a way of organising. And one of the reasons I've been, like, super behind, like, leather social as a thing, which I dare say we'll come on to later, has been because when you put leather guys in front of leather guys, like, at the moment, the way I see it is the leather scene is quite split, but essentially not talking about it on mm. Brexit. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of leather guys who are, are really quite behind the idea of Brexit. And actually when we have the leather socials and people put in front of one another, there's a huge mm. amount of political grace that gets brought up by that, that actually, because you're sat, you're sat in front of somebody and you see the whole person. Yeah. Whereas if you just see that 280 characters, you're mm. responding to that 280 characters. Which yeah, is, it's... Which is the natural response diff- yeah. is to, to reinforce one's own position. Mm. Because like it, it's the sense of self... Versus 280 characters mm. rather than recognising yeah. the other sense of self. And of course, this isn't just passive. I mean, I could talk for ages on how, like, Twitter is structured, mm-hmm. incites arguments. Yeah. Like, it, it's <laughs> well, also yeah. like... But cleverer mean, people than us, Craig, yeah, have talked yeah, about yeah, that yeah. at length. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, bi- the biggest thing is, like, a lot of people I'm really pleased to see talking about is the effect algorithms have on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that has really come into play. Mm. Um, and I'm really glad to see it gaining, like, mainstream traction talking about the effect algorithms have. Because cause when they first came in, they were the hot new thing, and because you see this in tech circles... Mm-hmm. Where there's a hot new technology and everyone wants to apply it to their stuff. And the whole thing was, well, algorithms are just numbers and mathematics, so they can't be biased. They're just mm-hmm. pure processing, which, of course, we know not to be true. Tell that to Nazis. 
Uh, to, to Microsoft's Nazi bots. Yeah. <laughs> we can finally run off an algorithm. Or, um, how was it? The, early on, the Google face recognition technology could not recognise black people's faces. Yes, I remember. Be- yeah, because they tried it out on their own employees, and their own employees are very, very white. Yes. Majorly. Kel surprise. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. All the um, systematic biases people have then get transferred to the algorithms they create. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you see yeah. this, like, with LGBT stuff, where educational LGBT stuff is often automatically deemed... Um, was it not safe for children? But this is something that's really interesting. That all of the stuff that I see, I still see like college at like this is something I was on. I was on my high horse about when I was seventeen. When the word gay was blocked by my school's filter, yeah, um, as pornographic. Yeah. Stonewall was blocked as pornographic. Yeah, uh, like you know, all of these kind of. Um, yeah, like any support is is blocked off, and now there's the idea that this kind of algorithmic filters could be much much more uh, effective at identifying what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. Uh, the problem is, say for instance, schools they don't use those algorithmic no, filters; they're no. still using the same filters yeah. they were. I saw a post up on Twitter the other day where Stonewall was blocked, and um, and. Um, I mean, Stonewall has become much more of a good resource for all kinds of LGBT people. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Ruth. Um, And, yeah, there's this... this, if If it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude among educational bodies yeah. but ultimately their job is to maintain a secure internet it is not to allow like people to explore all facets of themselves yeah there's all number of arguments within education at the moment that education is essentially a um a childcare service with trivial pursuit baked into yeah. it yeah like ever, ever increasing difficulties of trivial pursuit. How many times do you need to know the magnesium burns with a white hot flame? Since when did you last use the word squeaky pop in a non scat <laughs> yeah, setting? Yeah. Like, there's, there's kind of a lot of argument that, um, around education as a whole, but, but, but with regards to like the algorithm, Oh, the algorithm. Yeah. You will respect the <laughs> yeah, algorithm, for it is watching yeah. this podcast and listening. Mm. Um, it's actually, podcasts are one of those things because I find really interesting because they, as yet, they can't be indexed. The contents of a podcast can't be indexed. can never quite work out how to, uh, how to reference a podcast when I was at university. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> And I did look into it because it they have got one for videos now mm-hmm. because yes, video essaying mm-hmm. has really taken off on YouTube. Yeah, so people are starting to use that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I I really wish I could have found a better way of quoting the BJSM <laughs> um, podcast because it's essentially just reading the BJSM to mm. you and discussing it a little bit. Um, and and I always find that 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 journal discussions are a more accessible way into accessing science for 
all kinds of people rather than sitting down with a paper yeah. that's not going to be friendly for neurodiverse people. I mean, I do no. find it fascinating how podcasts have taken off. Like, we are in sort of, quote-unquote, the golden age of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, like, people say, there's this idea in, like, television and that that you can't do big, complex discussions. Mm-hmm. You have to break it down into bite-sized stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, make it quick and fast and yep. interesting. And podcasts have kind of disproven that. Mm-hmm. It's shown people are willing down to sit down for an hour, two hours, just listening to people talk back and forth over a complex subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's, uh, I think, um, Hello Internet, which is one of the more famous podcasts available. Uh, define themselves as two dudes talking. Yeah. And then they're not talking about anything. They're talking mm. about everything from plane crashes to the mm. algorithm. Yeah. I'm going to... Sorry, Craig. Every time <laughs> I'm going to say this, I'm going to just say the, <laughs> the algorithm. Um, because because it's uh, I find the algorithm to be very interesting because nobody quite knows what's in it anymore. No, and no. that's one of the things yeah. about machine learning, which is like really quite. Well, actually, uh, what, if if we were going to try and turn around the algorithm, what what can we do about that? Because the less clicks it has, because content hasn't been shown to people, the less yeah. data there is to change. It's a self feeding thing yes. where it self reinforce. Once it picks up on a pattern, it will just reinforce it. Exactly. Um, like. YouTube's having this problem. Mm-hmm. It's been finally, finally starting to get into mainstream discourse about you, the YouTube algorithm rad- radicalizing people, mm-hmm. like either towards far right ideas yep. or like far out um, conspiracy theories. Often, there's a lot of overlap between those two. Strangely enough, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm being radicalized towards. Uh, machining videos at the moment yeah yeah. (laughs) i watched a machining video once and then since then i have ended up getting deep and subscribed to several machining channels i've never touched a lathe in my life but i must say like i always get excited whenever this new this old tony puts out a, a machining video and he's manufacturing a brake handle for his kid's scooter and it's just like, what is going on with me? Where did this happen? This is the product oh, yeah, of the yeah. algorithm. But it does weird stuff like, um, it picked up that a lot of people who are vocally gamers, mm-hmm. like capital G-A-R, like those types, like, um, are often very socially regressive. So, <laughs> what, so it's this thing on YouTube algorithm where you watch a let's play of a video game and it'll start showing you all the right-wing commentaries automatically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking as a, one of the earlier members of London Gamers, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can... Uh, gaming... Like, gaming groups can be very, very positive, warm, welcoming places, providing you're dealing with adults. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the key to it. It's just like, okay, you're dealing with... No, you're dealing with a 14-year-old boy on Call of Duty. All oh, right, okay. Oh, we yeah. can largely discount that opinion. Yeah, I get but, the impression, like, you've got gamers, who are people who enjoy gaming, mm-hmm. and then you've got gamers, yeah. who are... You so, are either very young teenage boys... Mm-hmm. Or people that never stopped internally being teenage boys. So, so I think well, one of the problems, like, that, in fact, this, this is very relevant to kind of like how I'm thinking at the moment. And, and uh, 
with with gamers are just one group of many who are having this kind of uh it it comes down to the algorithm where mm. it's the the entire algorithm is set up to promote certain types of content and say for instance if you have a face in your thumbnail you're that much more likely to get on the front page that yeah, that, that yeah. has existed uh, since uh, let's plays with the guy's face in the corner yeah, the scream alongs yeah, yeah. when people were playing games like amnesia the dark descent a horrifying game <laughs> um and yeah like these the, 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 the people have learned to use that algorithm and right now there's there's a there's a big thing within youtube very interesting developments uh with what i can only describe i, I i've not heard anyone else describe it as, as it sounds very much like we're in cold war 2.0 at the moment where it's like we we are in a world where foreign interference in not just elections, but the day-to-day of how we think is being influenced. I mean, Donald Trump recently replied and retweeted to a tweet that he got that was from a bot. But actually, it's very easy to go, oh, Donald Trump's stupid. Mm, But actually, this account had 120,000 followers or something like that claiming to be a Republican group, and everything it published was bot-written stories that were utter junk. And actually, it's designed to um, to, to to cause division. Yeah. What we were talking about with Twitter earlier, especially. like It's very easy to sow the seeds of division there. Like- and there's content farms producing videos. I think uh, 50,000 videos a day from... There was, there was a kind of a deep dive done on a podcast I'm very fond of. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, No Dumb Questions into this kind of stuff. Um, and they're saying that they, they produce 50,000 videos a day that are news videos that yeah. are basically a bot reading over stock footage. And the bot, it, the, 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 the article has been written by the bot to cause maximum division to get maximum yeah, yeah. clicks. And they produce 10,000 videos on the same topic. And actually, it forms like a, almost like a pyramid scheme where the algorithm, will, if you've watched one, will recommend to the other. And it's exactly the same script or maybe a few words changed around and a slightly different style. And over, t- over the course of several hours, the, the, the algorithm will almost A-B test these videos off against each other. And the, the one that's left is the one that has hundreds of thousands of genuine clicks on it yeah. and tens of thousands of genuine comments on it. That, uh, that that is a complete piece of misinformation. Obviously, that's yeah. that that is the purest form of what we call fake news, or what I don't call fake news, but some people yes, call yes. fake news. Um, and yeah, like the, it, it's it's very very scary. And then you you're in this situation. And you go actually, we put an engineering hat on. How do you deal with this kind of problem? Yeah. And actually, there's always a, a countermeasure to anything that the bots produce or, or the, mm-hmm. the kind of, uh, let's just say, uh, foreign interests mm-hmm. produce. Uh, and then and then there's a counter-countermeasure and a counter-countermeasure. And it just goes on and on yeah. and on. And what you end up with is a series of slowly restricting filters. 
that are taking more and more of the edge cases out. And this is one of the problems that we have in the kink scene at the moment, is that we are the edge case. Yeah, we are the people to be filtered out. And slowly but surely, as this bubble squeezes in and in and in and in, I mean... The idea is to prevent manipulation, but marketing is manipulation. Advertising is manipulation. It's an impossible task to try and prevent citizens of the West from being manipulated by external influences. It's how human beings are. So so suddenly we've, we've got this kind of restricting filter that will never be able to achieve what it needs to achieve um, that that is slowly kind of squeezing out voices. I I got I got something on Twitter the other day. It was uh, I opened up a story like I had a response from one of my friends, and it didn't look like it was responding to anything. And I clicked on it, and it was this tweet is unavailable. This tweet is unavailable. Yeah, All yeah. the way down for three tweets, and yeah. then this person's response. And I could see if I went to the the posters. Profile, I could see yeah, each of the yeah. tweets, but the algorithm had moved in, and it was basically a picture of a gape. Yeah. The algorithm had established that somebody was into fisting, and that I did not need to see that. Yeah. Spoiler algorithm. Well, I mean... <laughs> I want to see that content. I mean, this is what happened, like, we will eventually come to a point where Twitter will ban port. Or try to. Undoubtedly. Like, this is what happened with Tumblr is, before they did the outright ban, they started mm-hmm. putting filters on it. Yes. Like, it wouldn't turn up in the search results, or you had to go into your settings and turn on save for work features. Yes. And before just outright banning it. Mm-hmm. And it will happen to Twitter, because at the end of the day, mm. they are a company, mm-hmm. so they're either going to be driven by maximum market value, which mm-hmm. basically means appealing to the most blandest, openest form of people, mm-hmm. which is the sort of safe-for-work family default, yep. or they're going to be legislated to do it by a government. I think I think the key problem mm. is when, when it comes down to advertisers, like the kind of advertisers that I would respond to on Twitter are... Uh, when I'm in, when I'm on Twitter, and there's a lot of filth, there's a lot of community discussions, mm. but there's a lot of filth. Yeah. And, and if somebody was to offer me... Uh, an advert for a leather manufacturer, I might go and look yeah. at it. But the problem is that actually, can they display those adverts? Like, how much effort does it take for them to source those adverts? Can they display those mm. adverts reliably to just kinky people and specifically exclude adverts mm. for the tentacle yeah, to yeah, children? Yeah. And actually, no, they can't. Therefore, mm. we have to go. Um, and, and I think, yes, it's only a matter of time. Um, it, the, 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 the algorithm is, is, is quite effective. The algorithm is quite effective. As far as I understand it, Twitter's algorithm is very effective at removing child pornography, which is the key. Like, that is the key political. There is always a political world when there's child pornography involved, yeah. which I support. Naturally. Yeah, I mean, but... like, Sesto and Foster were pushed through on the back of, one, child pornography, yes. and two, human trafficking, yes. like sex trafficking. Yes. Those were what Stop they online were, sex yeah. trafficking yeah. at. Yeah. That's yeah. what they were sold as. Yeah. But what they've done in real terms is mostly affected legal, like, mm. pornographers or yes. people pushing... Mm-hmm. 
and 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 I really feel like Sester and Foster are kind of the, um, they are almost like the culmination of people that don't understand technology producing yeah. legislation, uh, coupled with then uh, like you're, they're now influencing the key players in all of this, and not for me the way that I see it, are not advertisers but the App Store. Yeah. The App Store and the Google Play Store, because of the size of the mobile market, are the key controllers about what is allowed and what isn't allowed on the internet. Because it's become that much more, like, how often do you go to Chrome or Safari or whatever yeah. and, and load up a website um, that, 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 that specifically looks at a, a fetish interest. Yeah. I mean, I have to now because Bluff is not allowed on the App Store, so therefore if I yeah, have access to, to Bluff, to the I have to go to the website. Um, and actually, mobile is becoming less and less useful for, for, for precisely because of this. But actually, like everyone uses apps, uh, and, and, and yeah, apps are completely controlled by the App Stores. So we have this kind of situation almost that we, we, we do not... As kinksters, this is not in our control and it's not even near our sphere of influence. It's not something we can even start to push up against yeah. in any way, shape or form. If we get on our high horse and try to appeal to the public about it, yeah. we, we ain't got shit. We're yeah, no. answer, right? We're anti-public as yeah, far as... Yeah, like, it's like... I mean, oh, I'm very some... into public, yeah. but the public <laughs> yeah, aren't yeah. into me. <laughs> um, so, so... This is about kind of right, right. How can we within our community start to come up with ideas about how we can protect ourselves? How can we right, okay, we say that Twitter's going the way of Tumblr, yeah. Instagram already? Like, uh, yeah, there, there, there was a um, somebody, a rubber boy who's become internet famous recently because of recon. Um, who 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 was determined as having female presenting nipples for being topless? Yeah, yeah. And and it's like right, okay. This this filter is moving in, and actually, if you're a guy topless and you're doing modelling, male modelling, yeah. then you've got some recalls. But if you're a guy topless doing fetish stuff, they'll just yeah. ignore your email. And having the, the, this kind of. Uh, we have, whether we like it or not, we have moved to a society where the, um, the it's it's majority rule, yeah, and therefore yeah. we can complain about that, and and absolutely mm-hmm. we should complain yeah, about yeah. it, but we also have to acknowledge that's doing jack shit, yeah, and we have to then go, what can we do today? to protect our community? How can we remove our reliance? Like, this is just like... So I, I talk about the pup scene a lot because yeah. it is almost... it Now Tumblr's gone, especially. It is all in on Twitter. If Twitter changed their T's and C's tomorrow, the pup community is gone. Yeah. There are, in the UK, there are very, very few spaces where pup can be in front of pup. There used to be the London Pup Mosh. This is linked into... Rising rents, venues yeah, closing. Yeah. We end up with this spiral where we become more dependent as a gay community as a whole on the online space, 
which now does not want us. Sorry to end this half of the interview on such a downer note, uh, but we have a great conversation next time. So thanks to Miss Leather for this and see you uh, next episode.